This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here to help you with become a better investor. I tell you that every day. And I do that by giving you information and data that you want and need. Okay, and I've, of course, done that because I've been doing this, managing money, for 50 years. So I have quite a large uh, experience base. Because not only did I, you know, I ma- do I manage stocks and bonds and mutual funds and ETS, but I also have quite a bit of background in real estate. I owned a number of properties over the years. I don't own, I only own one now, my home. I sold all my properties way back in 2004, 2005, <clears throat> somewhere around there. So I have a background in that as well if you need information. Now, with that said, on today's podcast, I'm going to blend my comments with what you, the listener, provide in the way of questions and topic selection. So you kind of drive the show the direction you want it to go with your questions. And if you only want to talk about stocks, that's what we'll talk about. So I'm ready to, I'm ready to tackle your questions, not my questions, your questions. So the phone number is 888-99-CHART. It always has been 888-99-CHART or 888-992-4278. It has never changed in 20-plus years I've been doing this radio show and podcast. My focus point today, don't go chasing recent returns. You've heard that theme over and over and over over the years. Don't chase performance. Don't chase performance. It just never works out very well. You and I and the average person is generally late to the pro- the party. The party starts some way, somehow else. That's why I always suggest that you do your own research. You buy stocks that are undervalued, that have decent growth prospects, or they have really good dividends. You know, and you're looking for income. For your portfolio. Not that, oh, this stock has gone up, so I'm going to buy it because it's gone up. Tasting performance doesn't tend to work out very well. So, time permitting, we'll also dig into a few other topics. Uh, there's a guy named Jeffrey uh, Sherman, who is the chief investment officer for Doubletree Capital. And he makes a pretty bold call what's coming up. So I'm going to talk about him and that call. Did you notice commodity prices kind of spiked today? Steel, copper, aluminum, and uh, zinc. Well, do you know why? We'll discuss that if we can. And remember the Secure Act 2.0 passed in December? Did you know that it changes some clauses in the 401k? especially the catch-up clause, catching up when you turn 50. 
So I want to talk about that and touch base on that and kind of give you some heads up on what's going on there. Now, you know the Fed is, Fed is meeting this week and they're expected to raise rates. Raise rates. Everybody expects them another quarter point, maybe another half a point by the end of the year, total half a point that by the end of the year. How's that going to affect anything? Or will it affect anything? So those are things we're going to talk about, time permitting. I see we have some caller voice bank questions ready to play. Um, B Rally Financial Inc. is up. It's on the NASDAQ. And Ackle Brands, Ackle Brands, ACCO Brands, do you know who they are? I do, but we'll talk about that as well. So if someone wants to talk about it. So we'll get to that if we squeeze in those review questions if we can. And since it's Trivia Tuesday, I will have some fresh trivia question for you. That's coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. So I've got a lot of planned on this episode and podcast, so it's up to you. Let's get started. I want your live calls, 888-99-CHART. The market was up again today. I mean, the Dow's been up many days in a row. Dow was up only 27 points, but it was up. NASDAQ was up 86, and the S&P 500 was up 13. Now, was there any reason for it? No reason. I think, you know, everybody's kind of waiting for the Fed announcement, even though I think most investors kind of know what they're going to do. They're still waiting for it. Let's just go ahead and take our first call. It's a voicemail that came in earlier. Hey, Stephen Justin. Um, calling with regards to PayPal, PYPL. Seems like this stock's been beaten up for a bit since uh, COVID and uh, is trading at its kind of lowest PE historically. Seems like fair value is around that 115, 120 range. And I uh, wanted to get your thoughts to see if this is a good uh, entry point. I'm um, looking forward to hearing your response. Thank you so much for what you guys do. Frankly, I think this is a good entry point at $72.96. I do. Uh, PayPal Holdings provides digital and mobile payments and on behalf of consumers and merchants worldwide. Um, they're the ones that, you know, that, uh, that you know, have Square, uh, Venmo, those, those kind of things. And they don't have Square, but Venmo. Uh, but that's the the and the space that they're in. I really like the Venmo software that they have, and I think that's going to take off. Their earnings are going to go up twenty percent this year to four dollars ninety five cents a share, and another fifteen percent next year to five dollars and sixty seven cents. A seventy two stock. So the forward PE is around fourteen. The five year range is thirteen to seventy nine. So it's right at the very lowest of their forward P, you know of their range. I like that a lot. I also like the fact that they they have 23% return on equity, which is very high. I like it to be in the high teens or more, and this one's at 23%. They have very good cash flow. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds have been sellers for last year. There was a year ago, there were 3,788 funds or institutional owners, I should say, not just mutual funds. Today, there's 3,567. And therefore, that's why the stock has gone down. A couple, three years ago, in like June of 2021, it was trading at $300 a share, which was overvalued. Now, it's fell all the way to around 60, and today it's at 72.96. So, looks like it's trying to come off that bottom, and I think it will. I think it's undervalued. So, 
So I think this is a good buy point. PayPal, P-Y-P-L. So as we head to break, let me tell you about a new video, new video feature we we are producing. It is called Invest Talk Sector Spotlight. And of course, it's free right now on YouTube. The first episode talks about technology sector and its rapid innovation. Of course, that means we're, of course, talking about artificial intelligence. We're talking about on that episode, AI, blockchain, cloud computing, and SAAS software as a service. Okay. The Best Talk Sector Spotlight, you can find it now on YouTube. My phones are all open. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap, because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley. I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Foods, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24-7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99Chart. The stock market is constantly changing. And now, with more than 50 million downloads, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley reaffirm their commitment to providing unbiased finance and investment guidance here on InvestTalk. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. Jacob from Grand Rapids, Michigan here. My question is, how do I tell whether or not a company's free cash flow covers its debt? How do I do that myself? And I'm asking because I just bought InfoBrains, ticker ACCO, um, and I love everything about it other than its debt to equity, which is 1.3. So I'm wondering whether ACO's free cash flow covers its debt and your thoughts on the company in general. Thank you. Okay, Echo Brands uh, has been around a long time. ACCO is a symbol. It makes uh, traditional and computer-related office products, supplies, PC accessories, presentation labels, and aids. Um, it's going to make a dollar eleven this year, dollar thirty three next year. Um, it trades at a forward PE of five, but it's always been a very low PE, three to thirteen as it's been as average. It's not an exciting company. It's never have been. It's kind of a boring company, but it does pay a five two point two percent dividend, which probably can maintain that. Now the question was, is how do I know their free cash flow covers the debt? Well, you're going to have to look at the balance sheet to find out how much debt they have, and I think they have quite a bit of debt, and figure out how much, uh, how much, how old that debt is. What are the payments of that debt? Why do they have the debt? Why they have a debt for any companies is a very important because sometimes debt is debt is not always a bad thing. 
What if they bought a company that's going to produce a lot of money in the future? Maybe debt was a good thing to incur to buy that company. Maybe they overpaid for that company. So there's not a simple thing of what you're asking. It's not like, well, I just look at this and this, and there you go, we'll have it. It's not that simple. I wished it was. But if they're going to pay a 5% dividend, it's a $5.75 stock, and they're going to make $1.33, well, that means they're not paying very much in the form of of the of their cash flow, their free cash flow, their earnings out in the form of dividend. They're not paying very much of it. So it seems like the dividend is covered pretty darn good. I mean, 5% uh, 57 is what, 20, 27 cents? And they might make a dollar 33. So uh, from what I can see, without getting into it, it looks pretty safe. But it is a boring company. They have a lot of debt. That's what you need to focus on. What And this looks sounds like you are. Uh, is that debt going to be more or less? Mutual funds have been slowly selling it the last year, and sales have been gone down three quarters in a row. It's not something I would own because it's a boring company. And uh, even though it pays a nice dividend, I think I can find something a little bit more exciting. But that's me. Okay? My focus point today looks at the story, don't go chasing recent returns. And if you have been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you know how I feel about that topic. Don't chase returns. Don't chase recent returns. People are looking at, uh, and I get the calls, you know, about buying stocks that already run up. Now, I don't want to mislead you in saying that all stocks that, stocks that already run up are going to not run up anymore. That's not true. But you might have to be patient. If they run up for because they're a growth stock and they've outran their growth, then you might have to be wait several years before that that the valuation catches up with the company and it could remain overvalued for all that time and keep going up. It could. But when the stock has already run up and you discover it, you have to realize those other people have already made that stock go up. Has all the buyers already entered the stock? Who's buying it? Usually the stock is pushed up because of institutional participation, not individual investors. So is what happens when the institution says, gee, I think it's run up enough. I think I'm going to back off and start selling. Stock will run down. So it is not a simple thing as don't chase dividend, don't chase returns on the stock when it starts running up. Don't chase performance. The reason why I say that is because more, more often than not, you, you find it when it's too late. And it's near its top or it's going to start rolling over. Have you ever noticed that? You bought a company and immediately starts rolling over and going down? That's you chasing performance. Don't do it. We're going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on Invest Talk Voice Bank. It's open all the time. Or if you're listening live right now via streaming or AM 1220 radio in Silicon Valley, you can call right now, 888 99Chart. Everybody wants a secure financial future. But getting there takes strategy and discipline. 
Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Thank you, Justin. I'm a longtime listener. Benefited a lot from your program, so I'm really grateful for that. You guys have helped educate us, and you know, at least in my case, I've saved, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars um, by learning from you guys, so thanks for that. I had a question following up on what I heard Justin talking about on Friday about whether bonds, what role they should play in your portfolio. I was, I've been doing a bond ladder um, for the last year or so, but my thought was with interest rates probably peaking now or near their peak, this might be a good time to move into bond funds. And my thought was as interest rates come down, the share price of those bond funds should go up while also earning pretty good monthly payouts. Anyway, I was wondering if you could take a look at one in particular, HYGV, as in Victor. Um, it seemed like the expense ratio was pretty low, and they have an interesting strategy for how they buy um, high-yield bonds. If you could take a look at that, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Well, I'll tell you this. This is a good way to get into the high-yield bonds area rather than trying to pick the companies with high-yield bonds. Whenever you, Everybody, whenever you hear the word high-yield bonds, think immediately as weaker corporations because high yield means they're paying a very good dividend yield. And this HYGV is FS High Yield Value Scored Bond Fund, Exchange Traded Fund, ETF, seeks investment results of the High Yield Value Scored U.S. Corporate Bond Index. It pays 8.4% dividend right now. That's what the rate is. So it is a good way to get into the bond, high-yield bonds. And I agree with you. I think that we are looking at a situation where the Fed is getting very close to being done, raising rates, and they will lower rates within a year. They will start to lower rates. I think they will go too far in raising the rates, which is common for the Federal Reserve to do, And then they'll have to quickly turn around at some point in the not-too-distant future, but, you know, a year or two. If that happens, this value of this high-yield bond fund will go up. Right now, it's at a $40.43 valuation on on ETF price, net asset value, $40.43. But it has been as high as almost $50, like $49. I can easily see it returning to that. That's that's 20-plus percent while you're collecting 8.4% yield. And the yield will probably go up when interest rates go down. So I like it. I like it as investment. Just remember, high yield also means higher risk and that the default rate of high yield bonds is much higher than than, uh, 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 higher rated bonds, okay? High-yield bonds are triple B minus or lower, okay? Higher-rated bonds are triple B or higher, okay? So you got to watch what you're doing on this. But when I say default rate on high-yield, a default rate can be as high as 5 to 7%. It can spike during recessions to 13 or so percent. So I'm not talking about half of them or anything even close, but just know that that can happen during a recession. Good question, good thought, and I kind of like the idea, okay? 
Doubletree Capitals, the guy who runs it, who is the chief investment officer, I should say, Jeffrey Sherman, uh, he made a bold call on the market. He thinks next year, after the Fed goes too far in raising rates, he says they're going to go too far, which I've been saying for a while, and I agree with them. They usually do. They will be forced to cut rates, and he thinks in between 12 to 18 months from today that the Federal Reserve will cut rates by at least 1%. 1% very minimum. All at one time. He thinks it's going to be like one time they'll, they'll cut at 1%. Now, now, I I think that they'll cut the rates. I don't know if they'll act that swiftly, but I think they will cut the rates. But I think they go too high, and they're they've already gone too high, in my opinion. And they're probably going to raise another quarter point this week, and probably within the next month or two, another quarter point. It will be depending on the stats, you know. So we still have very low unemployment. They're trying to still fight inflation, and I don't think okay. I think them raising rates did help in reducing inflation, but I think we were inflation was going to go down on its own anyways, because much of that inflation was on oil prices. Okay, much of it, and it was caused by the Ukraine Russia war and natural gas prices. So oil and natural gas prices spiked, and that's what causes inflate. That caused lots of inflation. You take that out of the equation, and inflation didn't spike as nearly as much. So, just saying. Okay, it's Trivia Tuesday, so let's get to it. At this point, I think most of you have heard of so-called disruptor companies. Disruptors are companies that have the potential to change or entirely displace existing companies and industries. So as we go to break, here is my two-part trivia question. Beyond establishing a successful business, what is often a purpose or an objective of disruptor companies? And can you name two prominent examples of very popular disruptor companies? I will supply the answer right after the break, but now my phone lines are open and waiting. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like, the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? 
Is your portfolio properly balanced, or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question for you. Beyond establishing a successful business, what is often the purpose or objective of a disruptor company? And can you name two prominent examples of very popular disruptor companies? Now, according to CNBC, many of the disruptor 50 companies in 2023 had a social or environmental purpose that is the core to their business model, including climate change, sustainable development, health care, correcting financial inequities, and fixing an inefficient global supply chain. So, in fact, 13 of this year's disruptors have a female founder, 14 features CEOs from racial and ethnic minorities, even though I don't think either one of those should play that big of a role in finding now the disruptor companies. You're looking for the disruptor. It doesn't matter who runs it or who's in charge. Is it a disruptor company and is it succeeding? So, here here are two examples of popular, well-known disruptor companies. The first one is Netflix. It started in the 1990s as a service that allowed customers to rent DVDs. Do you remember that? You rented them by mail. It was so successful that the brick-and-mortar video rental stores at the time couldn't compete. It eventually put Blockbuster, the largest of them, out of business. Then, in 2007, Netflix pivoted it again. It forever changed the way we watched movies when it added a streaming service. Pretty nimble of Netflix. And then there's Wikipedia. This is another good example of a disruptor. Dismissed, dismissed as unreliable when it first started 20 years ago, it has grown into a trusted source replacing encyclopedias as the go-to research tool. How many people look at encyclopedias these days? Nobody does. So, and after 200 years of business, Encyclopedia Britannica Stop publishing those heavy volumes. Now, it too can be found online. So keep an eye on the disruptors. It's, you know, sometimes you don't recognize them. Sometimes you have a disruptor service or, you know, way of doing something. And a good one is the cell phone before it came out. We, you know, the way we use phones. That was a very significant disrupting service going to the cell phone. So what's the next one? Most people think it's going to be artificial intelligence related. Okay, so keep an eye on that. Let's go to Paul from San Francisco. Hi, Paul. How you doing? Paul? Are you there, Paul? I am, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Steve, I've been looking at this... uh taking a position in uh, West uh, Pharmaceutical Services and a, for a balanced portfolio that I have. Just wanted okay. to get your take on uh, if you think it's worth dabbling or if you think the timing's good or not good on this. Okay. This is West Pharmaceutical Services, everybody. Uh, they're in the medical supplies area. Uh, they're on the New York Stock Exchange. WST is their symbol. Okay. They're out of Exton, Pennsylvania develops components and systems for injectable drug delivery and packaging for healthcare consumer products. 
And I think this field is pretty, a good field to be in, medical supplies, because baby boomers, my generation, we're more and more and more in need of this, and we are a big slug of people going through the aging process, and this is just something that's going to be desperately needed. Unfortunately, the last three quarters, this company has shrunk about 3% its sales. So before that, sales were growing pretty strongly. Still, they're going to make $8.76 a share next year after making $7.71 a share this year. But it's a $377 stock. And that, Adam, uh, I'm sorry, that, Paul, is what worries me, the price. I mean, the forward P.E. is 48 while sales the last three quarters have actually shrunk or flattened. That worries me. It's not, you know, a Ford PE of that high tells me it's still overvalued. Now, they have a very good return on equity at 26%. That's very good. And the PE has been as high as 78 and as low as 24 in the last five years. So it has a pretty wide range. And right now, the Ford PE is kind of right in the middle of that range. So it's not obscenely overvalued, but it's not very inexpensive either. So uh, it's a $28 billion company, $28 billion company, but it only pays two-tenths of 1% dividend. Another black mark in my mind because a company this big should be paying much better dividends, especially with a cash flow of $10.40 a share, which is very healthy. So there are reasons to overvalue the company, but I think I would feel more comfortable if you waited for a pretty significant buy, buyback before getting into it. I do like where it is, and it's a good, solid company. It ran very well. So that, those are big positives. Just too expensive for me. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate the call. Adam in Minnesota. Hi, Adam. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate the show and the program. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are with Weight Watchers. Uh, okay. symbol WW uh, set a large run year to date, and I'm interested with what they've been doing with Ozempic. So I'm curious what your signals would be for buying it uh, after earnings or going into earnings or if it's something to avoid altogether. Okay. Weight, uh, weight Watchers International, WW International is what they go by, uh, but it's Weight Watchers. Um, it's a $781 million company, so it's a small cap company, headquarters out of New York. Um, they're going to lose $0.04 cents a share this year and then make $0.45 cents a share next year, and it's a $9.93 stock. Not that long ago, I mean, we're talking back in March and April, it was around $3, $4 stock. So it has had a very good run so far, okay, so far. My problem is, is two years in a row, every quarter, sales have fallen. So it needs something. It needs a catalyst. And they acquired in April um, Weekend Health, Inc., uh, de- doing business as Sequence, a subscription, right. uh, tele- you know, so a subscription telehealth platform. Uh, hopefully, they got to do something to spark growth. And that's, that's the only way that it can continue to rise. Otherwise, you are buying, you're buying too late on the performance of this stock. It's already been up 100%, okay? So and, and that's, they, have to, they have to provide good, strong sales growth. 
And then that would justify this run and maybe run back up to the low 20s. Okay, so watch, look for that. Yeah. So my, yes. question, my follow-up question with that would be, um, you know, does the price point right now, are you seeing, is that factoring in their acquisition and future sales growth with um, their access to Ozempic through sequence? Okay, it certainly appears to be so, yes. Because 45 cents a share... You know, gives it a what a twenty twenty five PE going forward, which is not low. So they're already, I think, pricing in that acquisition. So it's a bit late to think that that will add that much to them. So uh, yeah, be very very careful. I, I don't know if I would buy it at this price. If it had a really strong buyback, maybe I mean pullback, maybe to four or five dollars, that would be an ideal place to jump back in. Okay, Adam, okay. thanks for the call. Thank you very much. Thank you. When people take the time to leave an Investop podcast, uh, at least a review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their question quickly. This reviewer goes by the handle Twisted Straw, which is kind of interesting. And he, can you please give your thoughts on A-Z-E-K, Azek? The company has a duopoly and has recently hit 52-week highs. It's grown to be 5% of my portfolio. Logic says trim. However, should I wait for August to sell as I will have met the long-term holding threshold? So he's had it more than 12 months because he wants to pay less capital gains. That's what he, that's what that's all about. Does it still have room to run up? So let's take a look at it and see if it does. See if it should have room. I can't tell you for sure um, anything about a stock movement, everybody, as you know. But let's look at this company. Uh, Azek, uh, it's in the Building Construction Products Miscellaneous, designs and manufactures low-maintenance residential and commercial building products. They're going to repurchase uh, $36 million worth of Class A common stocks, $36 million worth, which is not a lot because it's a $4.6 billion company, so that's not much of a buyback. They're going to make 80 Nine cents next year after making 61 cents this year. They made 97 cents last year. So uh, sales have been falling three. I, I think it looks like to me it's a $30 stock. Looks like to me it's had its run. It's time to take some profits off the table. Could it go back up to 40 to 45, even up to 50? Sure. But there's no logical reason because sales are starting to weaken. Okay, and the purchase, uh, the repurchase of shares is not big enough to make the earnings per share that much more significant to push the price up. So personally, I think it's time to take some money off the table before it's too late. I would take some off the table at this point. Okay, this is Invest Talk, everybody. Now with more than 54 million downloads, and we want to thank you for that. Thank you very, very much. And believe me, we are grateful for your, you know, downloading our show and listening to it. We really are, Justin and I. Next up, another caller question, so hang in there. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. InvestTalk is a free download, 24-7, rain or shine. The InvestTalk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. 
888-99-CHART. Hello, I'm a longtime listener here. My name is Dale Yurong, and I'm from Armona, California. And I'm trying to did some fundamental analysis, and I'm trying to decide between HES and CHRD, Cord Energy and HES Energy. Uh, I was just wondering what your thoughts are, Justin. This question is for Justin on which one is the better play moving forward with about a hold time of five to ten years. Thank you for everything you do. You've taught me a lot about investing, and I'm just soaking up all the knowledge like a sponge here. Okay, HES, it's hard to compare on the radio show because it's so uh, uh, intensive, but they're two very different companies because of their size. I mean, Hess Corporation is $45 billion in size, so it's huge. They're going to make $4.10 this year after making $7 last year, but they're going to bounce back up next year to $7.92. It's a $142 stock, so based on its forward P.E., that's pretty, you know, that's not unreasonable, okay? But sales growth is going to start weakening. It, it weakened in the recent quarter to 3%. Before that, it grew 35 74 87%. That's Hess. Pays a 1.2% dividend. We're in China. Equities 31%. Very good numbers. And if you look at, remember, I just told you Hess was $45 billion market cap. And you look at uh, CHRD, which is Cord Energy, they're $6.4 billion market cap. Much smaller company. So you're going to have much more different dynamics about it. But I will say this. I, I would say Cord Energy is probably the, 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 the more value of the two stocks. It has, it's going to make $25.07 next year. It's $154 stock. So you're looking at a stock that's what seven eight PE forward going, and it pays a three point two percent dividend, and the sales growth the most recent quarter was up thirty seven percent. Before that was ninety five percent. Before that was in the hundreds or higher, two hundred three hundred percent. But a smaller company is easier to achieve that kind of growth. Now it pays a three point two percent dividend, but it's been flat, you know, in the hundred and forty to one hundred sixty dollar area for uh, almost two years now so it hasn't really moved much but then again maybe that's a good thing you're looking at a stock that may have much better valued metrics kind of like that cord energy would be my pick of the two okay i appreciate the call thank you okay uh commodity prices did you notice they spiked or ran up today why I'm talking about steel, copper, aluminum, and zinc. This was after the Chinese government pledged pledged support through economic stimulus for their economy, support for their local government's debt, and they plan on spending their way out of this uh, out of this slump. And they're going to spend their way out of their economic slump. That means they're going to be buying more and more commodities. Now, China is, you know, their economy is 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 struggling. It's really struggling, especially the the properties value, the house values inside their their building side is really really struggling. And if it was a normal free economic environment, 
you know, they they would be struggling for a while. Then it would be someplace you want to stay away from. Just my personal opinion. But the commodities might be a good place to play. Grow, you know, them spending money on that. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this question, how could artificial intelligence affect investing? That's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peterson. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Isaac from Houston, you are up next, so stay with me. Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Isaac in Houston. Hi, Isaac. How you doing? Hey, Steve. Doing good. Good evening. How you doing? I'm doing well. You want to talk about 3M? Yeah. So I have, uh, I actually want to talk about, uh, Big Lots, BIG, and uh, 3M. Okay. So I own Big Lots. Uh, I bought them when, I, when it was around $40 a stock and um, currently looking around $8. So uh, I've taken significant losses with it. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not really looking to sell if I if uh, you guys think the, the company is, like, going to stick around for, you know, long term. I'm a long-term investor. I'm not really concerned with it. It's just one of those things. I think in a broader sense, I'm curious how you analyze uh, when it's time to sell and when it's time to, you know, uh, hold on to, to a company that's been going down for a while. And then uh, okay. if I do sell big lots, I'm, I'm looking at pivoting to triple M. Um, I see they're, they're, it looks like they're maybe bottoming out and starting to, to take an uptrend. So um, curious your thoughts on both of those and also okay. more general question on, you know, when to sell. Okay. We've been taking losses. Well, I, 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 like Triple M a lot better than I like Big Lots, and but I do think Big Lots mm-hmm. is going to stick around. I don't, I don't think it's going anywhere. Uh, just that I don't think their profit margins are very strong, and therefore, mm, not going. It's not something I. If I was, if it was me, I trade Big Lots for Three M in a heartbeat. I like Three M. Three M is going to, you know, have been around forever. Losses, Pardon me. Even with the losses going from, you know. Buying it at forty and selling at eight, you'd still take that over. Well, I would. Con- are are, are you? Do you have? A, do, is it in a taxable account? In other words, can you take the loss and apply the loss to the capital loss to a capital gain? That's what, really what I'm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's in my personal uh, account. Okay. So it'll be a taxable. Yeah, so I would take the capital loss. People like to say, "Well, I'm going to wait till I get even, then I'll sell it." That's the worst thing you can okay. think. Don't think in those terms. Think in terms, okay. this money can be better spent somewhere else. I can find something better than this. If I can't, then I'll leave it there. If I want this sector, what's another company in this sector that I can do better with? That's how you look at it. Okay. If, if you say that, okay, I can replace big 3M with big lots, and 3M pays a 5.5% dividend, 3M has a very low valuation at its five-year historic lows, and it's starting to come off the bottom. Maybe, you know, we're talking about a $60 billion company. It's going to survive. I'm going to get that 5.5. Cash flow is very strong at $13.72 a share. And, you know, mutual funds, 
have been selling off slowly in the last year, but man, it sure looks like a you know good value going forward. Ford P is twelve, and the range is ten to twenty three. So I'm looking at yeah. 3M as saying, you know, that's that's kind of a bargain. If I can just have it go up back to 120, which seems like a pretty easy stretch, I'm looking at a 10% return plus a 5.5. That's 15.5% in a year. I think that's very achievable, very achievable. So that's me. That's and I'm and I'm looking at a company that's not going anywhere. I can ride through almost any storm. That's how I look at it. Okay. On, on big lots and, and pick up some triple M, that would be your advice on that. Uh, it would be if it fits my portfolio and I don't have a lot of the uh, diversified operations stocks or the retail stock. Yeah, you know, it depends on. And are you looking forward for a dividend paying stock or not? Because you're not going to get much growth at 3M. You're not going to get growth. You're not. So don't think in those terms. Big lots should probably get better growth. But I would trade it out. Isaac, appreciate the question. Thank you. That was Triple M. MMM, you know, Triple M provides industrial tapes, adhesives, medical and office products, surveillance and communication products. That's what they do. Big, 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 big company. Okay. Okay. Um, we know the Fed is meeting. Okay, and they're and that's this week. And they're probably gonna raise they're probably gonna raise rates by a quarter point. I want you to expect that. But I don't think you should think that it's going to affect the market because it probably isn't okay so i would like to get at some point to the changes they made to the 401k so i will get to that on another day so you know what's happening there but we'll have to call it for a day we're running out of time i'm steve peasley and this completes another invest Talk program justin klein and i thank you for listening and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members. We really would appreciate it if you, we get more and more and more and more listeners. We really love that. It just helps us. It helps you. It helps everybody. So you can get your free podcast anytime you want. Go to your downloads. Uh, get your downloads at uh, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you get it from iTunes, please rate us. We would appreciate that. I appreciate a rating. Remember to follow us on social media and be sure to like and tag us. This helps everyone in the Invest Talk community. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461.